Quiet on the set. Action. Welcome to the Movie Machine Podcast, where we create a movie based on a random prompt from the internet. I'm joined by three members of the Hollywood elite. Our writer today, Jacob Gulliver, who is the 16th, quote, writer on The Last Night. Legally, he has to keep that in quotes. Our director, Ian Bryan, who was the Greek mythological accuracy consultant on Wonder Woman. I think, you know, just the, the truth of that myth really came to life. And Kyle Decker, who is acting as Universal scapegoat for the results of The Mummy. Sorry about that. How's that treating you, Kyle? Uh, I'm running away from it faster than Tom Cruise runs from everything. Yeah, (laughs) fair enough. So uh, your prompt is a serious horror. The main character is a principled gladiator and predictable... I thought you said this was supposed to be serious. I know. That's why we got the best writer here. And predictable blacksmith. The major event of the story is a confession. A confession. Okay. Uh, Do you need that again? So, the movie that I'm imagining is... It's, of course, set in ancient Rome, uh, in the the Colosseum. And we've got... Let's let's pick one of, like, the particularly, like, cruel emperors of Rome. Like, maybe... Let's do Nero. I like Nero. Let's do that. So the the gladiator is, you know, sentenced for some kind of crime. And because he's principled, I think it's a crime he didn't commit. Like he was framed. This was hung on him by, you know, a nobleman or like an officer in the, the Roman army. And his life is just like pain and misery. But he does make friends with this blacksmith who is essentially a, a slave as well. Who is, you know, tasked with forging new weapons for the gladiators. And together they concoct this plan to escape from their chains, as it were. They're going to escape from this, this gladiator prison. And the, the way it happens is they have to release some of the animals from one of the, you know, that they would be fighting against. And unbeknownst to them, one of the animals that was going to be featured up next is not anything of this this realm. It is some sort of like pan-dimensional horrifying Lovecraftian beast, the likes of which have not been seen in, in any ancient realm. And like, I want it to be this like harsh left turn in the movie where like, it gets you know, like, it starts out like, okay so this is the world that they're living in, and just like oh shit, there's a fucking crazy alien monster there. So once that gets unleashed, they're of course able to escape, but then it starts wreaking havoc on on the city of Rome, and they make a deal with the the Roman authorities that they're going to take down this monster, and then all of their like supposed crimes are absolved, and they win their freedom. So they make they go from like the lowest of the low to like the highest of the high if they you know complete this this quest that they're on together. So I really want these two guys to go. It's almost like, you know, a really dark, like, buddy film. There can be, like, some moments of, like, black humor in there and, you know, trying to make their way through this 
scary wreckage that this monster has created. I like the idea of the monster, you know, we see just little tiny bits of it on screen until near the very end, because it's like fast and just rips stuff apart and leaves death in its wake. Okay, and do you have a title? Uh, of course I do, Ben. Uh, the title for this film is going to be The Beast from Beyond. Okay, so uh, you have The Beast from Beyond. So we're going to go to Ian, our director. So we have the script for The Beast from Beyond. It comes on Chariot, um, <laughs> delivered to a lot of fanfare. The studio likes to put on a show for our director. and uh, I've got to ride a horsey. Right. So what are you going to do with The Beast from Beyond? You've given me a good premise. I think we've got some good, strong characters. Uh, first of all, I'd like to tackle our uh, our Emperor Nero. Mm-hmm. I'd like to switch at least something up a little bit in there. I want somebody who I think has the voice, the gravitas to be that kind of leader, bestows confidence in the subjects, even if he may not be on the level. I personally think Keith David has mm. the gra- proper gravitas for a Nero. I know it's a little outside the box choice. You know, a black Roman emperor, it's... Whatever. Might be a little confusing. So we got our hero. We got, you know, we want our pretty chiseled jaw, and I think we have some pretty good up-and-coming people. I think Chris Pine would be a perfect choice. He's been getting a lot of and got to work with the nice man, being to speak with him, being the consultant on the Wonder Woman movie. I think he would be just perfect in another action role. The blacksmith, we want somebody, you know, strong, maybe a little older, maybe a little wiser. He's been he's been doing this a while and you know, switching up somebody who's been in some previous period pictures for his, his good looks and his stunning, you know, you could associate him with the culture as well. Brad Pitt's been in quite I think uh the uh, Trojan movie, oh can't quite recall what its name was. Troy. Troy, there we go. <laughs> I think he had yeah. a stunning performance in there as the lead, as the... Sure. What was his? Uh, was that some warrior or another? I think he could bring that same as an experience, understanding battle into everything. Do we think that the monster should have a voice? It's completely up to you. I think it would be better if we had somebody making the noises rather than just putting it into a computer. So yes, I think the... The perfect person to voice everything for this monster would be Danny DeVito. He's a rather unusual and otherworldly being. <laughs> <laughs> now, did we have any interest in putting a lo- any type of love interest in for our gladiator? We could. I mean, it's it's up to you, ultimately. If we want to keep the kind of darker tone, I want it to be sort of brutal. So if we do, I don't, I don't think that one ends smoothly. But that's, uh, that's up to you. Maybe our producer might have some ideas on trying to hook somebody in with a romantic angle in this. And speaking of which, uh, we're going to now go to our producer. And what are you going to do with The Beast from Beyond? All right, so um, we got ourselves a good classic 80s monster action film. We can go kind of low budget with this and just have fun with it and make just a solid, quick-paced action film with sword and sandals and monsters it's basically alien in rome ancient rome you know uh, this is what i got which is fine uh, i don't like the title i think it needs something more up front we're gonna go with a latin title we're gonna call it prodigium which is uh the latin term for omen 
of like kind of it was always an omen of doom. Casting wise, Keith David is perfect for this kind of movie, but we can't afford Chris Pine or any of the really the the all the leading male dudes named Chris right now all out of our budget. <laughs> so instead of him, we're actually we're gonna we're gonna go to Bollywood. Uh, we're gonna have a big intro, you know, like Emperor Nero has scoured, you know, for the best gladiators from all over the world, from the far reaches of the Roman kingdom to explain your Roman empire. So we're gonna get a video jam, uh, jam, jam wall. He's a, he's a martial artist, Bollywood star. He's been in several Bollywood films like Commando, Commando 2, Force, Bullet Raja, Shakti, Mon Karate, like he does, all he does is Bollywood action films. Uh, we're not gonna give him any lines. His, his the gladiator character is gonna be silent, working alongside our blacksmith. Who did you cast originally? I think he was too expensive. Oh, well, what a pit. He's yeah, yeah. Brad Pitt way out of budget. We're gonna do Michael Ironsides as well. Good classic character actor. You know, he's gruff. He's and he's just gonna have all this scene chewing the manly man lines and everything prepping. Yeah. Vidute, our Bollywood action star. We're, all the movie's gonna have just all these great action set pieces of mostly him rescuing people from like crashing buildings that the monsters like, you know, destroying as it goes through Rome and everything, and then the ultimate big battle with Michael Ironsides fighting alongside our hero, Michael Ironsides dying in the battle, you know. Tragically, because he's good at doing that in movies. And and because our cast is cheap. I mean, dirt cheap. I like the idea of a romantic lead, but this is a dude's film. We don't need ladies in it. We just need, you know, this is going to be a sausage fest movie. It's like, we're going to really embrace that 80s action. We're not even going to, we maybe put some eye candy in there in the background, you know, for extras and everything. But we don't have the budget to cast another, like, credited actor. We're just literally going to keep it to Nero and a few... And Nero's going to... Basically, the whole movie is going to be run around our two main characters. This is going to be like Escape from New York, where basically it's just one dude on camera most of the time. Yeah. Um, just to be clear, when you said you're only getting the actor from Bollywood, you're not making the whole film a Bollywood film. No, no. Okay. It's just we're pulling a Bollywood actor. Okay. Because the movie machine is not a... We have to improve its software to handle... <laughs> No, Bollywood it's not a Bollywood actor. film. We're just pulling it because, and that's the other thing. We pull a big name Bollywood star and make him like the head action dude. We're gonna sell so much of this movie in India. India's got the second largest population in the world. That's a huge market to open this film up to. And we do over the top action set pieces and everything, but still play on that dark, brooding right. kind of horror elements that the writer and director put in. I want to stay true to that that theme they've put in there, but just keep the cast small, tight little well-known so right. you don't have to pay them tons okay so and and the budget budget is 42 million okay pretty supportive of your script jacob thanks guys would you like to add some more uh yeah i'd, I'd definitely like to flush this out a little bit to be honest i'm not sure how much the indian market is going to jump on this as most most bollywood films require there to be romance songs and a happy ending of some kind in their movies for them to make any amount of money but that said, I will continue to write as directed here. So what I really want to do is kind of get into like the nitty-gritty of their relationship. I like the idea that Nero had some sort of like hand in framing our main character. And I, I like the idea that our main character is like nameless. Like that appeals to me in like an, an epic, you know, fantasy sort of way. Or, you know, everybody knows this person by reputation rather than by, you know, a given name. Maybe in this case it's because 
this character doesn't speak the language. And then uh, Michael Ironsides is is a decent choice, maybe a little bit older for some of like the action scenes, but you know I think we can we can make it work. Maybe he's got like some mechanical gadgets or something that he can use as well. Um, traps or like you know trick weapons that could be kind of fun. I think the the stakes that we establish are that Nero is expecting them to die, and when the the creature gets out, when it gets loose, he's going to you know basically present like a, an ultimatum, like you know you, the reason that you've been kept around this long is because you're good. You know I'll make you this deal. You can win your freedom if you are able to do this. If you're able to to kill the monster. And I think that the this should come at the cost of like you know losing his his son or something to to the monster. I also like the idea that maybe the monster is connected to like a Roman myth of some kind. Like maybe it's you know linked to like a Titan or like a you know children of you know one of the the Roman gods, also the Greek gods, but you know whatever floats your boat in this case. Uh, whether you speak Latin or Greek, it's the same myths. Well, our director so, is a. Greek myth consultant. Of course. So, you know, there's there's lots of room to improve on that. Um, I'm almost thinking kind of like an oceany monster, but I don't know. Almost like a, an octopus that can go on land and moves really fast. We just have tentacles come out from off right. camera and kill people. And we never get the full size of the creature the whole movie till the big end reveal. Right. So like, yeah, yeah. It's just these tentacles. You're not sure. Is it just like a snake oh. creature? <clears throat> oh, no. There's more than one in the end. We have this like on the docks yeah. of Rome somewhere. I this do, big yeah. giant squid monster. That's where most Did you change the title before? Yeah. It's Prodigium, which is a Latin yeah, term that's, for, isn't for that omen. Like, Basically. Isn't that the name of like the organization in the the new mummy movie that you're trying to run away from? I have no idea what you're talking about. I didn't actually see the movie. I just take the blame for it. Oh, okay. I mean, someone's gotta be the reason why the dark universe can yeah, still work. If memory serves, I think Russell Crowe is the head of an organization called Pro- Prodigium or Prodigium, which is like the you know secret thing that protects the world from evil. Which is totally not ripped from Hellboy or any other number of comics. Well, if you guys want to contact Universal to join their universe, yeah. you can. Uh, anyways, just throwing that out there. All right. I'm, I'm all game for changing the title if you have something better, but wasn't right. sitting super well with me. So, Ian, uh, yeah, they're sending script over to you. Some changes have been made. Basically, the same structure is still there, though. So, how are you going to take this? Well, we're talking more action. So... I think a good way of going, we're going to have lots of gladiators. We need a lot of buff men. I think we should reach out to the uh, the WWE. They've got a lot of either washed up or aspiring actors who might be willing to fill in a loincloth for a few minutes on screen for a credit. You know, it's worked so well for uh, Dave Barista and... Uh, uh, oh. Barista? You mean Batista? <laughs> Whatever, it's... <laughs> Dave Reese is the guy who. Dave Barista. He, he I'm sure ex- he'll end up as a barista eventually. Yeah. Dave Barista made me too. a coffee this morning. <laughs> no, I like the I like the uh, frame they but I think you need some kind of you know henchman soldier, you know, some kind of commander. Now, I think somebody we could get fairly cheaply, but who's uh, things of popularity right now would be Michael Rooker. Now we could even mess with you know he's been associated with tentacles before having been in slither and he's rather creepy looking and looks like he could be a good son of a bitch in any situation 
And as for, yeah, tentacles really would work well with the Greek and Romans. Because they had the most advanced uh, aqueducts and sewer systems. So plenty of nooks and crannies for tentacles to sneak their way in through everything. It's horrifying to think about. (laughs) But it's great for this movie. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I was just minding my own business in the vomitorium, and the tentacle comes out and grabs me. Now, I think we might, you know, you did speak, you know, talking, you, I think what you were referring to was the Kraken, but I think we might want to uh, scoot maybe a little away from that. It wasn't didn't go over so well, and you know, the Pirates or uh, Clash of the Titans, those were all pretty hackneyed. You know, if... We can get it. I would love to see some practical rather than CG effects. I don't think you have the, the budget tentacles. for CG, so it's going to have to be practical. Yeah. Well, we can just stick some people in big tentacle suits and they can wave around. <laughs> I think CGI is actually cheaper than... We're just looking for some general eye candy, too. We can reach out find some new girl. It worked well for Megan Fox. Maybe we'll get some springboard off that. <laughs> All right, so Kyle... Film's been uh, sure. They're trucking along with the film. And, I, I understand yeah. wanting to add more characters and actors, but we simply can't. Like our budget, to, we're doing a period of piece, so we need all these sets. So you need to make it look like ancient Rome. We need lots of costumes. We're doing tons of practical effects, which means of our forty-two million dollar budget, thirty-two million of it is going to effects, props, costumes, and everything, which leaves us a whopping ten million dollars for everything else. Luckily, the actors only cost two million of that. By keeping it to basically three actors and some extras. So, unfortunately, I, I know there's great ideas, but any scenes you roll with other characters, we're just going to combine them into the other characters and make multiple characters one, mostly for budgetary concerns. You know, I'm going to, I hate limiting art, but sometimes the best art comes from tight restrictions. So, that's what I'm hoping to get here. I'm not like, as far as your ideas of what to do with monsters and, and everything, I, I dig it. I'm 100% supporting of it. You just have to do it with three characters. Nero doesn't need a lieutenant. He just sends waves and waves of men to die. We can't afford anyone from the WWE. They're all prima donnas anyway. But we can go to Central Casting and get a bunch of just fit dudes to play Roman soldiers that, you know, pay a standard Union Day rate and we can afford those no problem. And they'll just play Roman soldiers. They get died by the swaths with giant tentacles, swipe them away. But yeah, we'll do, we'll bring on the same special effects team that did uh, Fury Road. The combination of CGI and practical effects. So we'll make sure like 90% of our budget is going into this movie looking great. And then the actors are good enough. They're not going to win any acting awards or anything, but they'll be good enough because the film will be good enough. And if we edit it tightly, it'll be great. So I I think it's like, I'm going to restrict you with the small cast. Uh, Our gentleman from, uh, from Bollywood, Michael Ironsides and Keith David, just like character actors and you know and we have a it's a nice diverse cast too other than not having women at least we do have representation of other people which is nice i got another title to throw out there another one i'm I'm really digging the one one word latin word for title so the latin word for doom is malum so why don't we just call the movie malum all right and it just that's it the movie's basically doom but not the doom video game because that movie sucked so, okay, so I'm going to input the results into the moving machine for Malum, which sounds like a um, several Roman chariots running by. 
Yeah, the movie machine stalls a little bit from it's a little surprised by some of the reasonable decisions made. It is, <laughs> so it needs the process to make sure that we didn't accidentally, you know, throw in like a clown or, you know, like cast Nero as a uh, chicken, as <laughs> as like Tina Fey or something. I don't know. Who, who maybe she could play well. I don't know. But anyway. So yeah, uh, your film does pretty okay. Doesn't do well in India, partially for the reasons Jacob brought up. Also, the people who came in expecting this big Bollywood star and then realized he had like only one line were kind of bummed about that. So yeah, it uh, kind of goes. But his action sequences were totally amazing. Yeah, but I don't know. They wanted him to say something, but whatever. You know, your film doesn't hit like the hugest. But it it makes pretty well. It's kind of like kind of like the film Arrival, where you know it, it didn't like break any records, but definitely made like four times its budget back. The people who did see it really liked it. Um, if you go up to most street count or go up to a bar or it's like, hey, do you see um, Malum? They're like, who? no, I didn't. And who are you? So you know, hopefully one of like, those movies that has legs and people are still revisiting and going, hey, that was a pretty good right, movie. Hopefully. Exactly. As an aside, uh, Universal is also, for some reason, deciding to be really spiteful and are just, like, mentioning the fact over and over, like, oh, this film was produced by Kyle Decker, the producer of The Mummy, even though you weren't the producer of The Mummy, but that's kind of the narrative that's been created. So you're realizing you're probably not going to hear the end of this as long as you live, but... Now, fortunately, it doesn't really impact the box office. So, sweet. Like I said, you make about two hundred million total. Um, that being gross. said, you all have uh, well two million, and then if you take away the budget, but still. Okay. But also, you know, you don't have to pay a lot of franchise fees, or so a lot of the money's just going straight back to you. But sweet. you also have two minutes each to make any changes if you want to make this movie a bigger hit. There are only. Two things that I regret about this film. The first is the title, which is completely forgettable. I'm going to pitch this for you guys. Spawn of Medusa. Secondly, uh, I regret that there was not enough gratuitous male nudity. I think we need to get way more shots of dicks and butts in this film because it makes sense. Like This is one of like the few scenarios in modern movies where it makes an enormous amount of sense for there to be gratuitous male nudity. And if we don't capitalize on that, I mean, what's, what's the point? It's already going to be rated R. Let's just dive in. Also, I am hard at work on developing a new version of this movie to be remade in Bollywood. So it's, it's just going to star the same guy and, you know, maybe we can get some of the other stars to come back too. But like, it's... It's going to be called Heart of Medusa, and it's going to be like it is. It's going to be similar. It's not going to be as dark, but the the spawn of Medusa is like this raging child of Medusa who is you know raging because it's like lost its mother. So the end of the movie is going to be our gladiator falling in love with Medusa and like you know mar- marrying her in a beautiful ceremony, and there'll be like some awesome like dance numbers in between the badass action scenes. <laughs> so that's my plan for the next like two or three years. Okay, so we're going to go to our uh, Ian. Well, if we're going for gratuitous male nudity, probably not going to find men on, on scale for, with the epic proportions you're probably <laughs> looking for. 
So I really would actually remember. Ladies do do tit and ass doubles all the time in Hollywood. Yes. We can do dick doubles. Yeah, so I think we need to go the Magic Mike route and get the good prop guys that they have there and cinematographers that just know how to light those special gratuitous scenes that you're looking for. There's a lot that can be done with angle, shadows, and props. And a fluffer. And a fluffer. Yeah. Tassels. And fluffers usually work pretty free, and I'm sure if we go down to the right corner, we can find somebody who's willing to we're do We're professional. We're going to use someone on the union. We're, oh, okay. we're all above board here. I, I don't know as much about the union. We're going to use the fluffers a, union we're, as you do. We're going to use a guild fluffer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. They, ha- they yeah, have a great dental plan. I, I love supporting them. I would think they'd run more of a chance of having carpal tunnel than running yeah. into Their health care plan's pretty darn good, too. Lots of lotion. <laughs> now, are we going to be oiling them up, too? Because oh, that could be a large well, Fuck expense. yeah, they're glad. It's, it's ancient Rome. The bathhouses and all that stuff. Maybe we'll, So, I'm down for the dong show, by the way. I'm just, like, I'm fully down. If the uh, gin scene in uh, American Gods is any indication, the American public is ready for big, dark, tan dongs in film and television. <laughs> Especially if they're oily. Maybe we'll put in a bathhouse scene like all the gladiators. We'll get just a bunch of fit dudes and we'll just have a gratuitous bathhouse scene of all the gladiators getting ready for the show and getting oiled up by slaves and everything. We'll fit a, a few lady slaves in there. We'll have some a little bit of TNA in there too just so it's just not all dong. But man, it's like 90% dong and and dude butt. They're like for for every three t- there's like three titty flashes in the movies and like thirty dong shots. You know <laughs> it's gonna go to Kyle who's sorry. I'm just like <laughs> I'm 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 excited about this for various reasons. Like um this prospect's got me, you know, just on point, standing straight up, saluting the flagpole. <laughs> you know, uh, I think people will be pitching tents out front of the theater to see this movie, if you know Dang. what I'm saying. I'll think of other, you know, euphemisms for boners. Have a minute and a half. To yeah. Do <laughs> <laughs> They're going to give their thumbs up in the gladiatorial arena, and I don't mean thumbs, I mean dicks. Right. Uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah, that one was a bit of a reach anyway. But yeah, like, I dig that. Uh, I think some little positive positivity on male nudity in movies is great. We won't make the whole movie about dongs or this. Once the action starts, the dongs stop. It's just like that first 20 minutes of the movie <laughs> is just like fucking, you know, Wiener Schnitzel Festival uh, hardcore. And then, like, once the action starts, it's less penis and more tentacles and swordplay. And wait. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> but you know what I mean, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't care that I'm still attached to the Mummy movie because I still got a paycheck from that. And literally, they've made public statements. They're just blaming everything on me, even though I just stood on set and handed Tom Cruise towels to wipe the sweat off his brow. Why don't we have a mummy being defiled right in the first 10 seconds of the movie? So. As a nice mm-hmm. F you to them. <laughs> um, for coming back at you. Yeah. So yeah, I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm support all the nudity that the, the writer added. I'm down for it. We talked about dicks a lot in this episode, didn't we? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm going to update. The and movie. the new title, whatever, is fine. Spawn and Medusa. That sounds good to me. So I'm going to update. So, yeah, the a lot of people also talk about the dicks a lot about this movie. In fact, all publicity, no publicity is bad. bad yeah, uh, that's basically, it kind of overshadows most of the rest of the movie. It's the point where, like, <laughs> oh, that's the movie where it has all the oiled up guys. And, like, people actually, when they see the movie, are actually 
surprised when a monster shows up because they weren't expecting it. So I guess in that way you kind of scare people that way. Uh, it's, it's like good. it's a horror film. Go from right. one probing fleshy thing to another. Right. So uh, this actually up, ups your box office. Hell to, yeah. To Sex about sells. to four hundred million. Nice. Still pretty well, good. Well, with ten times our budget. Fuck yeah. Yeah. There are like about sixty percent of people haven't who talk about this movie haven't actually seen it though. It's just from the word mouth and all. It's a cultural touchstone. That's I'm <laughs> so down to have created a cultural touchstone. Right. How does the Bollywood one do? So uh, I was just going to get to that. So And the movie machine's still a little rusty on the whole Bollywood thing. Um, <laughs> it actually is playing some it's music right now. through to do a dance number. Um, <laughs> so yeah, no, that one was actually just as big of a hit. The scene where, you know, they dance with tentacles and, you know, the tentacles are clearly just guys in, like, you know, big paper mache things. Pretty big hit. You know, you have the sexy Medusa lady doing a dance with her plastic snakes. And so, um, yeah, you know, that's it does pretty well. And actually, in that's getting greenlit for a sequel. And the cast from the previous, from Spawn and Medusa are going to show up in it in sort of a nice. um, Sheppy cameo. By the way, for, for all my Bollywood fans out there, recasts, or I, I suggested that they cast Amitabh Bakchan as Nero in that version, and they totally went with it. Right. So, yeah, two great, well, two good films that you made, and so good work, everyone. And It was hard work. There we go. One more. <laughs> right. And, you know, this is your first step, Kyle, of getting out of this horrible trap you've been put in. Before they blame you for the Creature of the Black Lagoon movie. You say they really have a heart on for me. Yeah, right. yeah. So uh, we're going to end, as always, with a quote from our patron saint, Guy Fieri. Speaking of innuendo. Give you the wham bam and thank you, ma'am. <laughs> good night, everybody. Or good day. I, I don't know. <laughs> good.